Scott Burgess, director of the Prep Hoop Circuit, joins me on the podcast for episode 148. You and I have a lot of history. I've been waiting to interview you, my guy. You're finally here. Catch me up in your world. This past weekend was intense, a lot of games, of course. So let's catch up, man. How's everything been going? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, great to see all the all the work you're doing now. I followed your obviously your high school career, your college career, and now uh, you know we're running into each other every weekend at these grassroots events. Hey, you're a true gym rat. You know, I'm in Rico <laughs> online, but you're a true gym rat, man. Talk about the competition you've been seeing and how these kids, man, are more talented. I would say than when I was coming up and I'm not too far removed, but I graduated in that 2012 class, but watching these kids, they're more athletic, more gifted, and they have a sense of direction, I would say early on. Yeah. I mean, I think just overall the size and the athleticism early in the process really impresses, you know, watching 15 U games where, you know, there used to be a lot, there, there still is a lot of projection there, but now you're seeing like kids that look like grown men already at 15U. And um, that, I think that's changed a lot. And, you know, from, you know, just the evolution of everything from the shoe circuits to, you know, the top independent circuits to all the high school big shootouts where kids are traveling across the country. It just made everybody way more prepared, I think, for college basketball when they get there. What makes Prep Hoops circuit so unique and stands out from the rest of the circuits that's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think it's our coverage, first and foremost. Um, You know, you were there this weekend. You saw we had, um, I think we had 15 of our scouts or something like that at the tournament. Um, the weekend before in Indianapolis, the stage, we had, uh, I believe, 17 scouts across three venues. We put out in the seven days following the event, we had already put out, I think, 77 articles on wow. the on the tournament, which obviously 77 times, however many players, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 in every story. You look at how many kids are getting covered by us and we're yes we do cover the high major kids and the division one prospects but we also a huge part of what we do is getting kids names out there that aren't those guys um that are the division two prospects that are the nai juco division three guys because um you know the the major outlets that cover recruiting they're not covering those guys and we want to give them love and get their names out there and um you know, I get just as much joy out of seeing um, a kid commit to a division two or a small college and get some academic money or get some scholarship money for basketball than when the number one player in the state, you know, says, hey, thanks for covering me over the years or whatever. So I think that's one of the biggest things that separates us is our content, what we do on social media, consistently putting out video interviews, um, top performers, um, you know, videos, everything like that. Um, And then just also, I think one of the biggest things that we've taken away from people is our professionalism as an organization. Um, In we have a full staff of 50 people that work on this year round. So it's not like a lot of these um, other operators where it's, you know, one or two people. And sometimes it's even just a part-time thing for them. We have 
people who can answer your questions at any time, whether it's, you know, about uh, venues or hotels or scheduling or um, really anything and everything, there's somebody to go to. And we have people on call that answer the phone um, for me, unfortunately, 24 hours a day. It seems yeah. Like. I mean, do you ever burn out at times? How do you, how do you deal oh, with the, sure. the, the burnout? And obviously you're on the internet just as much as I am, you know, I'm posting videos of kids and for like one of my pages for Jim Rats Rico, I try to not necessarily promote that four or five star, but if I can get this kid who's under recruited and had a phenomenal game, but most of those videographers are there to see that five star that does me some service, you know, and I'm trying to look for that up and coming talent. How do you deal with burnout in the internet? And obviously when you tweet something that you feel is right, but you've also got to deal with the criticism and opinions that comes with it. To be totally honest, um, I don't read the comments at all. And I have okay. it set to where I have my Twitter set to where the only people who like at message me, um, like if you at message me, I'd see it because we follow each other right but if i don't follow that person i'm never going to see it so i don't care really right. to be honest um i'm going to put my view of a player out there and what what we do at prep hoops we don't ever talk like super negative about players anyway it's always try to stay positive though i think the time that it, you know people get upset is when you put like a level on a kid as far as what level college or positionally that's the new thing that everyone gets upset about because everyone wants to like position down when right. if they realistically think about how college coaches look at it it actually goes the other way where you know being a small ball four used to be a negative and now it's a positive so that's the kind of stuff that I'll hear from people but I honestly I don't really care it's just my opinion I, I was and, in that I was in that category of a yep. small ball for, you know, I, I was hearing that constructive criticism in my game where it was like, oh, he, he struggles shooting the ball. You know, where will he play in college? Is he a tweener? And so now on the business side of basketball, I totally get it where I could help that kid understand like, hey, when I was in your position, it was kind of under undervalued. Now it's valued to be a small yep. size stretch four. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. The game's changed so much, I think, positionally as well, where, you know, there's the the labels like you put them in kind of boxes as far as the positions. But at the end of the day, you're just basketball players and, you know, you need guys that can check certain boxes as far as skill sets on both ends of the floor. Um, and, you know, we see everything from really point centers like there was a kid this weekend on full package. Um, I, I don't know if you caught them, but that's like a six, four big, that is essentially their point guard. So, wow. um, it's just, it, yeah, it's really becoming, um, a much different game than, than when, um, you were doing it back in 2012. How did you get started for the listeners, the, the people that's been following you, you, you got to a, a place where you're able to have a lot of influence. And I, I remembered you when you covered me, when you were, uh, with Orange Crush and alumni. Talk about your journey and grind and get to where you are today, Scott. Yeah, so um, I went to college at Missouri Baptist in St. Louis. I majored in sport management. I knew all along I wanted to work in sports. I never knew like specifically what area. 
Um, when I was in high school, I ran just a site for fun. Um, I did it for my senior project um, about the NBA draft, NFL draft, and high school basketball recruiting. And I thought like, oh, this is just like a fun hobby. And then I actually got to present that in front of our school board as one of the two people in my senior class. And, um, and so that was kind of, you know, gratifying to see maybe people are taking notice of what I'm doing. So went to college. I worked with a lot of different organizations. I worked with Major League Baseball when the All-Star Game came to St. Louis. I worked with the NCAA. My, one of my best friends, Caitlin, she worked with the St. Louis Sports Commission. So I helped her with a lot of different things. Um, I did a year internship with a minor league baseball team. I never really found that, that niche that I really like caught on to. So um, that summer... The summer between my junior and senior year, I interned at this camp that was called Nike Hoop Jamboree in St. Louis. I and that. I played in there. You were there, right? Yeah, I played in there. Yep, yep. So um, I did that the first year, and I just did it as like a volunteer intern, and I loved it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like the best players in the country, like these guys that I would read about online, getting to see them in person. And then my role ended up gradually expanding with that where I became like the lead administrative assistant for that turn or for that event, which is the premier underclassman event in the country. And that was kind of where I found my passion for grassroots basketball. So um, after I graduated from college, my internship ended, I sent an email out to a bunch of different, um, different things in the sports industry a lot of jobs were like ticket based and kind of stuff I didn't really want to do like right like I, I got offers from like different pro teams to work in their front offices as like ticket sales or whatever I'm like I'm not going to move to Cleveland Ohio to sell tickets yeah like no, screw that. I'm going to do it for something I'm passionate about so I worked for um I believe at the time it was called Inside Illini um and I got paid like like literally pennies to work for them for that first year um but it like really taught me about the industry I went to a lot of different AU events I went to stuff in St. Louis I went to Fort Wayne um to run and slam I went to all over the place anywhere I could get you know coverage of guys and so that was really fun for me then I uh, um so I covered University of Illinois recruiting then that was when I was covering you <laughs> and then I moved on to Chicago Hoops. I was with them for three years. Mm -hmm. um, me and one of my really good friends, Kevin Walsh, um, who's now actually an NBA agent uh, or a college coaching agent. Um, him and I did all the writing. And unfortunately, that didn't end too well when um, our boss just stopped paying us and didn't give an excuse or any reason. And the website just went away. So, wow. um yeah, so sorry that happened. That happens to me in Europe all the time. For those that play abroad, you can only imagine the stories just like that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an upsetting time, and honestly, for me, it was one of those moments where it was like, do I still want to do this? Like, right. I I had got a little bit of burnout, and obviously, I got kind of screwed over a little bit by my boss a sure. lot of it and so I was like is this what I want to do long term and so uh prep hoops recruited me for 
literally from like the minute that people publicly found out um, that I'd left. And I kept saying, no, I don't want to do this. I, I worked Nike stuff during the summer and I'm right. like, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm gonna take some time off. And then about six months later, um, I agreed to a deal with them to run the Illinois site. Um, Brandon Dunson actually was the first one to run our Illinois site. Um, he's now an assistant in college. He's been at Nevada, Cal State Fullerton. He's at Denver now. Um, so he was the first one to run it. And then when he took a coaching job, they hired me and, um, I've been doing it ever since, since 2014, November, when I was, you know, I love Illinois high school basketball. That's my passion, getting kids names out there. I've covered some of the best players and got to know them, you know, really close Jabari Parker, you know, Jalil Okafor, Cliff Alexander, uh, Jalen Brunson, Tyler Utless, Kata Bates, EJ Liddell, Adam Miller, DJ Stewart, like all these guys over the last few years or 10 years now. Um, so it's been really cool to cover them. And then from the circuit side, that role just kind of expanded. It was one of those things where um, I didn't really have any interest in it. We started the circuit and um, it went from me helping get teams for one state to right. getting teams for five states to getting teams for half the country. So, um, yeah, that, that just role expanded and, um, I'm really enjoying doing that. And we have events every single weekend. Um, I think we have 55 events and we have about 6,500 teams on our circuit. That's impressive. And you should be proud of yourself, man. You do an excellent job and I've been following you. Like I said, a lot of people don't know all the details, um, that goes into covering grassroots. Like I had, you got to have a skill. And I think the skill you have separates you from most. I, I saw you there locked in, taking notes this past weekend, watching games. And, and speaking of uh, Chicago tip-off, what were some of the players who, who stood out to you and some of the players you enjoy watching most this past weekend? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, as far as the, the top Illinois guys, I, I thought – you know, Darren Ames, number one junior in the state of Illinois. I thought he played really well, um, especially Friday night and that game Sunday that you were watching against right. GR3. He had some incredible moves off the bounds. He's just – he's not a really a true point guard. He's a scoring combo, but he just gets buckets at will. Um, I thought he was really good. Jalen Griffith from Team Rose I think is a, a very underrated prospect. He's a smaller point guard. What year? Um, He's a senior okay. so, or, or a junior that will be a senior in 2023. Okay. Um, he doesn't have any offers. He's a, he's a kid that has been, you know, highly touted as a, you know, a phenom since he was young. He's just really small, but the kid wins, he makes shots and he gets others in position to succeed. Um, so I was really impressed with him. Uh, like watching full package all the time. Um, they got they got skilled guys, Jake Fegan, um, Nicola, um, you know, the big fella who I call baby Cam Crutwig. They were fun to watch. Um, some of the 2024s from Illinois that caught my eye. I mean, you got to start with the Mean Streets trio. They got the top three. Marez Johnson is my favorite player to watch. He, he brings that energy. He brings that that gritty dog mentality in the paint and can step out and shoot it from time to time. 
he's a beast. Like I was afraid he was going to bring the rim down a few times this weekend. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, he plays with so much force and ever since the first time I saw him, he always had this frame that you're like, man, he can add strength. Like he's got the frame to do it and he's starting to do it. And he's, it's just really like, it's awesome to see his confidence grow. Um, right. His fellow teammate and St. Rita, big man, James Brown, um, you know, just so skilled around the basket, um, nimble for his size. Um, one of the most impressive 2024 bigs in the country. Um, no, yes. Injury asidus from uh, Lamont high school plays with mean streets. He's number three player in the state. Um, he shot lights out on Saturday when I saw him. They played two games. He, uh, you know, he's a skilled scorer. They can get buckets from all three levels. I really like what he did. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And then, um, you know, Bryce Hurd from Mac Urban Fires, 15 year. I thought he was probably the most. That, no, no, that's 17. It was this light-skinned guard that stood out to me. This He was a shooter. He played on Mac Urban 17. I was talking to one of my film buddies. Uh, I was talking to We Got Next Hoops. Was it uh, the lefty? Yes, the lefty. So Ash, that's Asher Jackson. He's actually an unsigned senior from Carmel High School. Um, big, strong, physical wing that can really shoot the basketball. He's actually still uncommitted as a senior. I like the kid's game. He, he stood out. I was When I was filming, I'm like, who's this kid? This kid's, like, really nice and, and, and talented. They're 15U. Talk a little bit about Mac Irvin's 15U because I saw them in white of LA that weekend in Milwaukee, and I got coverage to film them now. They have this big white kid on their team, but I, I do not know their name, that big fella's name. Yeah, so that kid's name is Stefan Sisic, uh-huh. and um, he's because he's – so he's from Niles Notre Dame High School. He's was a 2024 until we'd heard rumors late in the high school season he might reclass. And so he officially made the decision to reclass the 2025. So he is just like a grown man at that age. And he's just throwing people like their little dog toys around. And he rebounds so well. He finishes around the hoop. He's just very physically dominant at that age. And he plays well, you know, mixing in with the guards that they have. Bryce Hurd one of the best 2025s in Illinois. He can really score it from all three levels. Um, they had a kid, Caden Magwood from Kentucky, who's a, like a silky smooth point guard that can score from multiple levels. And he got wherever he wanted all weekend. Um, he looks like, you know, a potential star moving forward. Bryce heard, I, I heard his role, uh, his, his role at Kenwood. Is that the kid that goes to Kenwood? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His, his, Role is limited, obviously, because of the players that he has on his team. But when you see him on the circuit, you can see that his future is bright. And when I watched his game, he was very efficient, very aggressive on both ends. And I think he will be one of the top players. Well, if he's not the top player now in Illinois for his class these next coming years. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you see that a lot on these high-profile teams and, you know, in different states um, for Illinois, you know, Right now, Whitney Young, Simeon, Kenwood are kind of those three where they have, you know, so many highly ranked players. Like we have guys that are ranked in the top 50 on those teams, 
you know, in the junior class that like literally don't even get on the floor for their high school teams sometimes. Um, so it's kind of about waiting your turn. Bryce is going to have a much bigger role this upcoming season. Last year was kind of just about getting acclimated to the high school game, but there's been no questioning um, his talent over the years. And, um, you know, I saw him play 14U last year playing up as a 15U and he was a go-to scorer from the first time I saw him. Um and I always enjoy seeing those guys for the first time at a young age where you, you like, you know, I'll hear things about them, but like, you don't really know. And then you see right. it for the first time. You're like, Oh wow. Kid my, is the real deal. My favorite player. If I could play with anyone is JJ Taylor. Mm-hmm. I could I could film him all day because I, I think he has a, a pro game is the, obviously his exterior, his physical body hasn't caught up to, compete yet at the NBA level, but that will do over time. And I, I think he's a special talent. The way he shoots the ball, he picks his spots, he has the confidence. Um, and he reminds me of myself when I see a mismatch and I'm going to impose my will. Talk a little bit yeah. about his game and, you know, why his game is special. Yeah, he's just always been such an elite scorer because he can win from all three levels. Um, he did a lot of isolation work this weekend um, in one-on-one situations where he would, you know, get a mismatch and he would take him to the post to score, or he would get it on the baseline and hit a fadeaway, or he would just pull up for a three. He just, a lot of the shots, and as you know, if you filmed him, a lot of those shots that he made throughout the weekend were super contested. Like right. they were, you know, I was sitting next to GR3's bench and they're like, you can't really do anything about that. Like he just makes the shot. Um, so he's just, he's such a tough cover because he's big. He's six, eight. He can shoot the basketball from anywhere on the floor. He's got unlimited range. Um, and it's just like that feathery touch. That's like a, like a KD KG type player. Not saying he's going to be any of either of those guys, right. but it's that, that same type of feel like when he pulls up at that size, um, and then he's got the handles to get to the rim um, in that team GR three game. Like I, I saw glimpses of the defense where he would, you know, use his length down low as well. So I think, you know, once he gets into a college program where, you know, they, they make him play defense consistently. Right. Um, I think he has a chance to be impactful on that end as well. I agree. He's, like I said, he's one of my favorite players to watch, like the matchup that I'm looking for this weekend uh, which will be down in Westfield, which is the YBL session two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fears going up against Day Day Ames. You know, Fears is a special yep. talent. He, he had a, a, a breakout <laughs> first first session one. I don't know if you've seen those two dunks that were really impressive about Fears. If you could talk a little bit about Fears being from Joliet, how much of an impact, you know, he's had for his position. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw him. He was there. He was watching that game. He was. <laughs> Jeremy Fears, he was in the gym watching that that GR three team uh, versus fire game. Really, standing over by the door. Yeah, oh, okay. I didn't notice. I didn't I notice it. it. Yeah, I didn't notice it until um, somebody sitting next to me said that. Uh, but yeah, so you know, Michigan State commit obviously was one of the top players in Illinois um, when the, when the pandemic hit. Um, he moved to Lalamere and was there that year, and then this past year. And he's just a, a very smooth, heady guard that just understands the game. And I think the athleticism is starting to 
come along and starting to match that high basketball IQ and savvy for the game that he's always had. Um, you know, he's definitely one of the top point guards in the country. I think when you put really good players around him, he makes them better. And, you know, where he doesn't have to be the only scorer on his team, Correct. I think he's better in those situations. And obviously, you know, when you're at Lalamere, you're at, um, you know, Wispies that, you know, you're in that position where you have other guys around that can help you. I, I agree. And, and last segment, Scott, what advice do you give up-and-coming journalists, you know, grassroots junkies like you want myself to be in the position that you're in and to cover basketball? Honestly, I would say just get in the gym. That's what I say all the time. And also do the content part too. Whether, you know, whether it's the video, if that's what you want to do, or the writing. Like we see a lot of people that, you know, we call Twitter scouts that you're on Twitter, but you don't actually like have a website or you don't have a scouting service or um, whatever. I think that's the biggest thing that can separate you is consistently being in the gym and then giving your opinion on players. And then also, you know, introducing yourself to people at events and making contacts. Like when I started this, I had, I didn't know anybody. I like, if you would have, you know, asked me who some of these teams were, I wouldn't have any idea. And it changes all the time too. So that's another thing is when you're in the gym all the time, there's programs now that are out there that weren't three years ago, never heard of. Um, So I would say that's the biggest thing is just consistently be in the gym, connect with other people and um, enjoy what you do because it's, it's a fun ride um, to get to cover some of these guys. And then, um, when you do it as long as I've been doing it now to see guys like, um, you know, whether it's guys like, you know, I'm super close with Jason Tatum um, to see guys like him and see guys like, you know, Devin Booker, who I was close with in high school, see what they're doing in the NBA now. And then also guys who have transitioned into other areas of their career, like you with doing this, um, you know, seeing like Harrison Niego with Chicago Lockdown coaching them. One of my favorite teams ever was Lockdown's team back in the day. So, you know, seeing all over the years, like everybody stay involved in the game of basketball, whether they're NBA superstars or now they're back giving back in the grassroots game. I love that. Scott, thank you so much, man. It's, it's been a pleasure to have you. Like I said, episode 148, Scott Burgess, director of the Prep Hoop Circuit. It's always a pleasure, man. Thanks. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it.